Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas, and I just forgot the intro to a show I've been doing for basically 365 days. <laughs> yeah, you were. Years you were, now. <laughs> you were one for three on that, man. You were putting up Rondo numbers there. <laughs> that was wild. That was crazy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to regain myself. Yeah, I'm going to try to regain myself over the course of this podcast because we have a really fun game to talk about. The Lakers beat the the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. They win by nine, uh, 118 to 109, if I remember correctly. Uh, Zion Williamson makes his Staples Center debut. Is it? Is this a hot take? Is Zion Williamson's Staples Center debut bigger than his Madison Square Garden debut? Mm. Yeah, I think so. Considering the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and LeBron, LeBron is definitely getting up for like the next generation of superstar guys. Like he mm-hmm. whips Luca's ass like almost every time they mm-hmm. play and Zion gave them a, a 40 piece tonight. He was so good tonight. LeBron was man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I definitely think, you know, national TV game Lakers are good. Pelicans are probably going to get that eighth seed. I think they're, they're pretty good. Um, so yeah, this is, a, this is a bigger game and it, it was a really fun one. Yeah. It's definitely a bigger game because the Knicks haven't played an actual like meaningful NBA game in 50 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I was thinking more like just in terms of like the building that you want to make your debut. And I kind of feel like I would give the edge to Staples Center. It has actual history. <laughs> Madison. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony. Madison Square Garden has plenty of basketball history. <laughs> yeah, it was great in the 50s. It was, it was, it was popping in the 70s. Right. <laughs> Guys named Artie and Hal dribbling with their their heads down. Yeah, <laughs> back when Clyde Drexler's clothing was or Clyde Frazier's clothing was still in fashion. Like that's that's the last time that they they mattered. Um, I I can't help it. I'm gonna give. Yeah, what is this in the Knicks, man? It's just like totally random. Like I don't know even you know how we got here. <laughs> uh, they were really really obnoxious over the summer. Like they 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 had their team had a terrible summer and anytime anybody criticized them, you got the whole like there was a whole hashtag that they gave to it the, the hashtag Knicks for clicks thing, and all of them look like idiots and it's not like any of them are like you know what, we were wrong, you know. Oh, I mean, what does that ever happen on Twitter? I I do it quite a bit because <laughs> I'm wrong quite a bit, but <laughs> fair enough. Uh, today's game, though, was a really fun one. Uh, I, I want to pick up right where, where you were talking about, though, with LeBron kind of going at the next generation and like just going out of out of his way to just say, yeah, you guys are you guys are really good, super talented. You guys are one day going to run this league. But but that's not right now. And mm-hmm. and it was just it was it was it wasn't just that the the actual production but the way that he came to that production it was just he was taking a sledgehammer and beating the the pelicans organ organization with it over the top of the head just time after time after time and somehow the referees only gave him two free throws two free throws that was wild that was insane but it didn't matter he was still that kind of efficient he scored 40 with two free throw attempts. Yeah. Like he went 17 for 27. He made 17 shots. Yeah. That is so hard to do in an NBA game. Um, and especially when he's, you know, the hub of the offense, the facilitator type guy. I thought, um, 
I thought he really managed it well, and it's encouraging to see. You know how before the All-Star break we were talking about how we want to see LeBron as a scorer a little bit more? Yeah. Well, this was a night like that, right? Now, he had a size advantage, but against a very good defender in Drew Holiday, he he worked that advantage perfectly. And AD seems a little off the last couple of games, mm-hmm. uh, most likely because of the calf, hurt his bicep on a block. Now, he's still going to give you 14 boards and six block shots, right? <laughs> so he, he found ways to contribute in, in other ways, but just offensively, he just has hasn't been himself the last couple of games. LeBron recognized that perfectly, put up 27 shots, hit 17 of them. Pelicans were sagging off of him, giving him jumpers. Um, but it was really good to see LeBron take over a game in that way, because we know he can still do that as a distributor. But I'd like to see a couple more times you know, of him putting up 35-plus points where he really takes over the game as a scorer. I mean, there, we would never get this because he's too smart a player. But... Like, I wish there was a way to open up at some point during his career, in his prime, a wormhole so that you could just get a season that exists by itself and see what it would look like if if LeBron took 35 shots per game. Sure. If he just decided to score, how that would be. Yeah. Like, he would, he would, he would have to average 40. How high would it go? 45. (laughs) Like, if you had to set the over under here, are you saying 40, 45? I think, see, I don't entirely agree with that. He doesn't really have a pull-up game. Mm-hmm. And he's his floater game is, he doesn't use it much anymore. Um, I, you know, I'd be curious to see if, if that's still in there, especially come playoff time. But, and, and it's great, right? He's got that ability to score from three and at the rim, draw free throws, at least, although that's going down as he gets older. Uh, but he doesn't have that, like, triple threat pull-up game quite the way that, other great scorers have. So I think, I think that if he like really went for it, I think he could get into the low to mid thirties, but I don't think that he, he could get up to those, you know, upper pantheons of great, of great scorers. It's crazy. You hate LeBron. I I didn't realize Uh, I was doing the show with Skip Bayless. (laughs) I mean, Kobe, when Kobe was at his best, he was putting up 35, right? So yeah. And, and Lord knows Kobe had the green light, different era, era, you know, lower scoring. So like Kobe putting up 35 then is probably, closer to 40 now yeah. right in this era of basketball but but yeah i just think that lebron doesn't quite have that triple threat mid-range pull-up game to get off as many efficient shots as he could yeah i i would i would just say like i, I think he would wind up taking like 15 free throws a game some stupid sure. number uh for sure and that that you know and it wouldn't be the cheap kind of like james harden free throws it would be you know just put your head down and somebody's going to try to stop me and i'm not going to be stopped so that was uh, the stuff we saw from Zion tonight, man. Yeah. 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 I want to take a quick second and talk about Zion. Uh, one thing that I, I really appreciate about the best, uh, you know, play by play crews or telecast crews is that they take it, you know, it's not, it, they don't consider it a blemish on, on their team that they happen to be covering to talk about a really good player. Um, mm-hmm. And so, in like in this case, I, I I hope that we have a pretty good podcast here. I'm just going to marvel at Zion. He's Hell incredible. Yeah, He's incredible. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that. I do want to come back and talk about Anthony Davis. There was a historic, uh, historical kind of comparison that I made over the course of the game that I, I want to run by you. And then, yeah, we do have to talk about Alex Caruso because that was one of the better games that you're going to see from somebody who took, I think it was three shots. He went three for five. Yeah. Oh, five shots. Sorry. Uh, so we'll talk about all of that here in a bit. 
Today's show is brought to you in part by the Arizona Board of Tourism. We've been talking about them here for the last month or so, and I will continue talking about them because it is such a cool area that you would be visiting. It's uh, perfect weather out there. Obviously, you have all the baseball. You have the entire scene around baseball, which is totally underrated uh, and isn't talked about enough. It's like the baseball equivalent of, of Las Vegas Summer League, if you've ever gone out and checked that out. So uh, if you're not into baseball, hiking, biking, uh, any number of restaurants, that too many restaurants for you to be able to get through. The bar scene is great. Um, they just It's just different climates if you want to be able to change climates over the course of your vacation. Uh, the golf is incredible. So again, Head on over to visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training to make it really easy to plan your trip. It's a nice, quick drive from the LA area. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training to start planning your trip today. Doesn't Zion kind of remind you? Of like a creative player that you would create when you're super high, like you just. <laughs> All right, let's make him 400 pounds right. and give him a 53 inch vertical. And someone someone tweeted that he walks like he just got sent to his room, yes. and I was like, yes, Miles. Miles. Yeah, yeah, it was Miles, perfect. So good to have Miles Brown back. By the way, he was gone yeah. for a couple of years. That's great. Yeah. No. It, yeah. He just he he walks like he was just told put your clothes away. Right, like, right. Yeah, go, go put your, go put your laundry away. Um, but yeah, yeah he, he's just he, he, he's this creative player that I would have had a lot of fun just creating and laughing at while under the influence of various things, and <laughs> and he's like effective out there in, in the way that he goes about it. Um, I, I made this kind of historical comparison because it, it, you know, especially with it being the Lakers that are in this game. Uh, it felt like AD and Zion in those moments that they kind of matched up against each other felt a lot like Kareem and Moses Malone, you know, where you have this super skilled, obviously more vertically, you know, standing player in, in AD uh, who, you know, if 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 he gets moved out of the key, he has options to be able to make try to make the game work for himself out there. And then he had this other guy who's just this force of nature who, you know, plays basketball like a linebacker, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's funny to watch that kind of carry carry itself out over the course of the game. How do you feel about the comparison there, the the historical one? I, I think it's a good one. I you know ap- athletically these guys are so superior to you know yeah. No disrespect to Kareem and Moses, just, uh, you know, like <laughs> Zion, the closest thing I can compare Zion to is Shaq, really, because like Shaq was the only guy where it was just like, did you see what he just did to that guy? Like <laughs> that and, rebound over Dwight? Dude, dude, I was like, I rewound it. I was just like, what? And, like Dwight was in the dunk contest this year, man. Yeah. Zion was like a foot above him. Yeah. Right. Like. Ah, no, he's, he's nuts, man. If he like, and he like barely understands how to play basketball at this point. Right. Uh, I, I don't mean that disrespectfully. He's, he's got some remarkable moves, but like the five on five, like, you know, this guy's there. So this means that the, the chess of basketball and all that doesn't really get it. And he's just freaking dominating, man. He's going to be just, just something. <clears throat> 
I think they make the playoffs this year. The Pelicans, if they don't, this is the last year for a long time that they don't, because that guy's absolute superstar. Yeah, if Zion was available for the first fifty games, then they would, they'd be yeah. maybe even higher than the eight seed. You know, they may. Oh, they, 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 you know, so yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I do think that the Lakers. You know, there was a lot of the whole man. This would be a really fun series talk uh. on Twitter, and to which I would just say like. It'd be a fun four games. Like it'd be, you know, those those would be four fun ones. But I don't, I don't think I, I'm not too worried about the Pelicans as a matchup with the Lakers. They offer some interesting problems for AD, but playoff LeBron is is just going to torch them. That, that, that I mean, wouldn't be close. This is the first of three games AD didn't, didn't drop forty on them as well. I know that Zion played in this one and didn't in the first two, but that's and pretty good match. Favors, I don't think too. Favors played in the first one. Right, right. But I do believe he played in the second one. Yeah. And like this was, you know, AD was missing chippies at the rim in this one, just as he was last game. Like, I, I think AD gets his in, in a series. Yeah, and I agree. Probably. They've, and they've got nobody to guard LeBron. Yeah. Too, right. So I I think it, they probably get one game. I think it goes five, maybe even six. Um, but yeah, that's just the experiential difference between the two teams is, is too drastic for, for the Pelicans to beat them. It would be a fun series. I would like a less fun series. I, I want, you know, I, I want a four game sweep and play, play Memphis or, you know, Portland or say, actually, I don't really. Yeah. I, I, I think don't I'd be more worried about, I think the Lakers probably lose a game to Memphis. I don't think they lose a game to, to, um, Pelicans just because of the whole like I like the other thing too to keep in mind yes LeBron was sending a message I think to Zion but I also think you know I think he's taking it upon himself the Pelicans kind of fucked with his last his first year as a Laker too like he probably Mm -hmm. really enjoyed beating the hell out of him the way that he did tonight. So. For sure, and there's also like the the way they treated AD on the way yeah. out too, like it was kind of kind of crappy, and so I think that you know the team kind of rallies behind AD when they play the Pelicans as well. Yeah, I want the Lakers to walk into every playoff game against them wearing that's all folks shirts, <laughs> or or like or after sweeping them, the Lakers official account tweets out that's all folks, just something like that. That's all they want. Um, how, how did you feel? So I the AD, so you're, it sounds like you're not as worried about AD's production in this matchup. Um, and, and it sounds like it, you think it's more of a, a, the cause of, of his struggles recently might be more physical. Um, mm-hmm. but I do think that guys with lower centers of gravity are going to give AD problems. And I don't think it's, like physically possible for somebody to have a lower center of gravity than Zion does. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of force in that, in that center. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't love AD in the post just as a general principle. And I think that that's a big reason why we struggle with LeBron out of the game. I think that where AD can really eat is, I mean, he got six offensive boards in this game, right? And he's, you know, crashing the glass on ball screens. Uh, I think on the perimeter, uh, he, he's, you know, got some, he made a couple of nice passes in this game, hit Morris on that slip. Uh, I, I think that those are the ways to kind of beat Zion and those lower center of gravity type of guys uh, with AD. I just think that, you know, on, on a night like this where he's just off and, and I think it's physical, uh, I, I don't put too much stock into it. I think that he'd be, he'd be fun. Yeah. I, I want to agree with you. I just don't think he has the fundamentals to, to overcome guys like Zion. You know, or, or, or 
You know. I, I don't disagree. I just think that there are other ways to go about doing it. I think I think those fundamental issues you're talking about are more specific to the post than its overall game. Right, but but we know how the Lakers try to beat those matchups, and it tends to mm-hmm. be in the post. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, I, I'm not. I I had this conversation with Alex Regla on the um on the Taco Tuesday pod that uh, we just recorded, and I don't think I would say that I'm concerned at all about the matchup or about AD. It's just something, you know, one of those annoyances that stick in the back of your head. You sure. Know, like a like sure. a beeping noise that you just wish would go away. Um, yeah. let's, uh, let's take a quick second here, and when we come back, I want to talk about Alex Caruso. Um, I want to run one more Zion thing by you, because I'm interested yeah. about this just from a basketball perspective, because he's just a fascinating basketball player. Uh, so we have plenty of fun stuff still to, to talk about. Hang tight. We'll come back to that here in a bit. I'm interested because he's obviously such a force offensively that it might not matter. But what kind of defensive player is the best version of of Zion? I think defensively he is a five. I think he's uh, we switch everything and use Zion's agility and ability to s- stick with guys as you know somebody who can defend on the perimeter. I think that's probably best version of him. What do you think? I I I think that's their only option because you know while mm. he is crazy explosive, that kind of guy isn't usually the rim protector because you only get like mm. one one bounce out of a guy like that, that that likes to jump as high as he does, right? Oh, no, he's got a great double jump, man. Zion could double jump that like he's great on the, on the offensive glass at least where right. where he's like lands and, and able to power back up. Well, but but I mean from a defensive thing because like Javale, it feels a lot like Javale where. Mm-hmm. Uh, JaVale should have a really good second jump defensively, mm-hmm. but because he commits so hard to the block that I don't, I don't know if he'll, if, if Zion will ever be the kind of rim protector that you need him to be just because of the fundamental. But, and, and again, like this is, this is nitpicking more than anything. I, I, I do think he's, if he does approach the game as from a standpoint of, well, we'll just try to every, have everybody pressure up. And that even allows them to get out on the break, too, which is going to help him offensively, too. So I think if, if that's the way that he approaches defense and that's the way his teams approach defense, then I, I think he's just he's he's just fine that way. I don't know if that works in the playoffs as well, but at, at least it's something that he can lean on. Uh, but if I think if if his teams want like championship level success, I think he's going to have to to figure out a few more fundamentals on on in terms yes. of challenging players at the rim. I think that's true on both ends of the floor. Like Zion is going to wreck shop in the scramble situations in the NBA, your offensive rebounds and and putbacks, uh, transition, loose balls, all of the times where the defense isn't set is when the great athletes are going to really do their best work. Uh, the playoffs and just higher level games are more skill oriented. And uh, the thing on the defensive end is again, he doesn't really know what he's doing yet, which is quite, quite terrifying on, on both ends. And hilarious to watch. It is, it is right. Right. It's like watching this, like, it's like, you know, when like, when the football season ended in high school and like the couple of the, I keep saying like a couple of the, uh, 
the players who were on the football team join yeah. the basketball team right. and they're just like they're just wrecking shop they're just right. like beating people up but they're so much stronger than everybody else that like that they're, they're going to get and theirs. they have such a different mentality too than the usual basketball players as well yes no that that's a that's a great way of putting it he's like that but to the nth degree um defensively though he doesn't really understand his rotations he he lost who was it uh, he lost Dwight on one. He lost AD on a couple where, you know, he just didn't make his rotation. I, I think most of his stuff is a lot of film work. So, shocker. I, I think that, but um, <laughs> most of the improvements he needs to make are film work. Like, Oh, instead of going there, you should go here. And he, he's going to be, <laughs> he's going to be something else, but he's, he's got some progress to make in, in just the understanding how basketball works yeah. uh, areas. Yeah. Cause a lot of people say like, man, you only, we see this with guys who can't shoot, right? They say, oh, if he ever figures out that jumper, he's going to be sure. something to have. But I think what's more important here is that he figures out how to way to make, to impact the game when he doesn't have the ball. So, very very good way of putting that. All right, let's move on here. We'd have we have to bring this up. Alex Caruso was a plus twenty in what was it, seventeen minutes or something? Like nineteen minutes. Uh, Rajon Rondo was a minus seventeen in his twelve. <laughs> And mm-hmm. like the way that I'll, because I, I don't want to keep making the same point of just like Caruso's a better player. Caruso should get more minutes, right? Because that's just shitty podcasting. The way I'll put this is the other night when uh, Rajon Rondo was playing well, Caruso only played eight minutes, right? Or six minutes or whatever the total was against Boston. And mm-hmm. on a night where Rondo was just very clearly, he didn't care. He wasn't playing very well, was missing rotations. And, and, and like one way that I can really tell Rondo is involved in the game or focused in the game offensively is how long does it take the Lakers to get the ball lower than the top of the three point. Uh-huh. Um, and, and like, there were way too many possessions where it was like nine seconds left and the Lakers finally got the ball on the wing you know right and he's um, picked up his dribble with nowhere to go that drives me crazy right but yes right. uh and and so what i'm the point that i'm making here is that like on a night where caruso very obviously had it right and was one mm-hmm. of the best players on the court in a game that featured anthony davis lebron james and zion williamson caruso was like i'd say the fourth or fifth best player out there mm-hmm. and and he, he- well, he, he dominated was, that game. Man. He got he you to say he d- dominated Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed, he did, man. So that that's kind of how I want to talk about this. Is yeah. We always frame it like Caruso versus Rondo. Man, forget Rondo for a second. And Vogel right. gave Rondo a pretty quick hook. Like yeah. he, he was he in the Guzman. third quarter with two, three minutes left. Rondo was already out of the game and never came back. So that's some degree of progress. Caruso's gotten better though, and that's something that. He gets so much hype and, you know, people around the league get frustrated at that. But he has improved as a basketball player. Those eight assists that he had tonight, he was pushing the pace, making great cross-court hit-aheads, mm-hmm. had that incredible between-the-legs pass to LeBron. He had a couple of—I'm uh, going to have a piece out for The Athletic that kind of covers why that that combination works so well. You know what's crazy? LeBron and Alex Caruso have the highest net rating in the NBA of any pairing. Of any pairing in the whole—either a plus 24.7 together. That's the best thing. I guess they I played should 400. be shocked by that. Like of, of anybody, not even Milwaukee, Milwaukee doesn't have two dudes. They're killing everybody every yeah. night. 
And Alex Crusoe and LeBron James, their plus 24.7 net rating in 445 minutes is the best of any pairing that has 150 or more minutes, right? So you got to lower the filters way down to, to guys that don't really play together that much mm-hmm. to find a, a, a pair that's been as efficient as them. I, I love what Vogel's done to put them together more. And a big part of it is Caruso's athletic and fast, and he puts pressure on the defense. And I think at certain point, at a certain point, they reach a breaking point where, if like, yeah, maybe we can. We're we're paying attention to LeBron. We're paying attention to AD. That third guy that's coming in and attacking the basket and just being very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Caruso's really aggressive, which is different than most of our role players. A lot of our role players are kind of passive and dependent upon our stars, and that's fine. That's the nature mm-hmm. of most role players. But having another guy who can get out on the break, attack the rim, and even if he misses, there's guys coming up behind him to, to clean up who also understands, like, oh, you know, they're they're defending too high on the screen, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this screen in reverse pivot and get into the paint. Uh, he said a screen for LeBron and he was the pick and roll guy just with like seven (laughs) seconds left. And so it turns this like otherwise bad possession into a layup at the rim for Mm -hmm. him. And he and LeBron are so on the same page on so many of these, Oh, the defense is playing this way. So that means if we do this, then we're going to get an open shot. They're so on the same page with that. It's super fun to watch. And you can see Caruso's confidence is growing. He's not hesitating on taking shots as much. He still does it, but not nearly what it was earlier in the season. So Rondo aside, man, that kid's getting better. I'm really excited to see the guy he's going to be by come playoff time. His contract next year is going to be hilarious. Amen. I, I'm cool with it. We're going to have his bird rights. He'll have a small cap hold. They better not let him go. We'll freaking riot. Uh, well, no, I don't they have him under contract or does he have a they have him under contract for, for this year, for, for this year and next year. Right. And then, and then after he expires. That. Right in 2021, when most of the team expires. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think he's. There's no way the Lakers can see the way that Laker fans respond to him. And just be like, eh, right, we're right. good. Um, I, I do want to. I, I also the other way that I kind of wanted to make this point in the way that it relates to Rondo is that like I, I when and it's it's a. It's a team-wide approach that Vogel has, which, like, if he actually wants to roll with the hot hand in the way that he likes to say that he does, right, then you actually have to roll with the hot hand, and Caruso has to play more than 17 minutes, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if you're actually—and this is this is the problem with the rolling with the hot hand theory, is that you're— you're going to notice some guys rolling, having a hot hand more than other players, or you're you're, you're that are going to have a hot hand, and you aren't going to give the benefit of said hot hand to the to the players that you that you aren't more interested in playing in the first place as mm-hmm. you are the, the 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 players that you would normally play in your rotation, and and I think we're seeing that here with with Caruso, and and look maybe I think there's. If if you want to offer me the counterpoint that if you go over so many minutes you're going to start getting diminishing returns from Caruso because he's going to be asked to be asked to hold more well, responsibilities. He's let's gonna, find out, man. Right? Yeah, let's that's the thing. That's the thing. If there if there's a time to figure that out, it's now. And well, and like, that's well, been up five games in the Western Conference. Yeah. 
Like, and like, bro, we're talking about adding Dion waiters to this. Yeah. Uh, those reports came out today as well. They ran an 11 man rotation today, which is fine. Cause Markeith Morris is getting acclimated. He hasn't played in a couple weeks, mm-hmm. blah, 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 but they're going to have to start like, you know, JaVale McGee, what's going on with him? Uh, Rondo, they're going to start to have to make, make decisions and just Caruso has just done it over and over and over again throughout the year. The dudes for real, he can play and he's getting better. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly the time. And yeah, say we get some diminishing returns. If he's playing 25 minutes a game, then scale it back down, you know, but yeah. He, he's done just fine on all those nights when he gets 18 to 20. Uh, I, I just don't see the reason to not do it. The basketball, what is happening on the court is screaming at you, yeah. especially somebody who fits so well with your best player mm-hmm. that it, this is just the time to do it, man. I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, why why be concerned about diminishing returns if you haven't ever seen said returns in the first place? Sure. You know, that's, right. that's like. It's like if you have a stock that you're that you're rolling with and you just are killing it quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter it's not like at the end of that of, of that like fourth quarter in which that stock performed really really well you're sitting there saying you know what I'm going to sell all of it now I don't want anything to do with this company ever again you know mm-hmm. you got to figure out what you have and you got to continue to figure out until until you reach a point where you now have to adjust and and i think we have we still haven't found out what that point is with caruso and like vogel is so open to finding getting to that moment of diminishing returns with rondo that he isn't in a way in that same way with Caruso and and like I, I I know the Lakers just won a game and it was a really fun game and all that stuff but but there's a really good chance that if he doesn't figure this out this costs the Lakers a playoff game a playoff series even and and it's just from a matter of like never really figuring out what it is you actually have in Caruso and and you know he yes he is a meme and uh, Bleacher Report and ESPN and all those companies love tweeting about him because you get engagement probably for some of the wrong reasons but also for some of the right reasons like, he's just really effing good this has been mm-hmm. our point all year that that he's not just a joke he's not just some some meme who wears a headband that looks like a head bandage right. Like, <laughs> He, he that's not all he is he's this guy who really positively impacts the game and at some point the lakers actually got to figure out what he is beyond uh the caruso yeah i mean <laughs> we wouldn't ride for him so hard if he if he couldn't play and yeah they just make it so much harder on themselves than it has to be to mm-hmm. all of these minutes where these games where LeBron and AD got to go for 35 yeah. instead of having sitting on the bench for the last five minutes of the game, you know, all, all these games where it's that second unit in those, those Rondo minutes were, you know, minus 12 or minus 17, like we were tonight and a handful of minutes. Like this was probably a blowout win with, with just mm-hmm. guys you can play throughout. And we're, we're at the point where we're at 11 man rotation and have another guy who would be expecting to play coming in that just some decisions are going to have to start getting made. And I'm, I'll be so frustrated if Crusoe is not it, it boosted within that. Like, 
you've had all year. If you're on this team, you've had all year to show who you are and what you can do. It's pretty obvious at this point, the, the dudes who can, who can really play and Crusoe is one of them. And he does it in your best lineups with your best players. And that's, if that's not what a role player is, somebody who enhances the best player on your team, I don't know what is. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm a little nervous, but he's, he's making the argument for himself that I don't think Vogel is going to be able to ignore, but we shall see. I'd, I'd extend it and say that he's been doing this now for three years. He's so far exceeded expectations now for three years that there is no excuse whatsoever for not understanding what this guy could be. Sure. There's, there's. <laughs> first, it was Tyler Ennis. Last year it was Rajon Rondo. Now it's Rondo again. You know, at some point, you actually got to listen to what the basketball is telling you. And like you mm-hmm. and I talk a lot about the basketball gods, but it's kind of insulting the basketball gods and saying like, "Well, yes, this guy does this. Every advanced number loves this guy, and and he makes. It's not just an uh, an analytical thing." in terms of like his production it also makes sense from an eye test standpoint why a guy like Caruso would fit alongside LeBron and why he would work alongside Anthony Davis like it's it, there's just so much evidence that you'd be ignoring to not reward the guy with the minutes that he has earned himself at this point that you're kind of flying in the face of the basketball gods in a way that makes me real real effing nervous real sure. nervous for Sherman. Sure, no, let's let's hope. Let's hope I, they see it. Like these guys know more way about basketball than we do. Yeah. And we can, you know, and, and, and we have we could bang the table from far away, which is part of our job, man. It's just mm-hmm. like we don't have to navigate the politics, but the, the the basketball don't lie. I love that Vogel has tried to align his minutes, if nothing else, you know, more with with LeBron. But, yeah, the, the just the rope that Rondo gets. <laughs> let's put it this way. There are places to take the minutes from. Yeah to get crew some minutes the minutes that he should be getting even if waiter shows up which I don't, even if waiter shows up i don't even know i don't i'd be surprised i think at this point if if waiter shows up really i'd be surprised if he didn't he's a he's a clutch client and a former uh client of rob palenka's mm-hmm. so you know how we operate man yeah. and, you know he'll He'll love the edibles out here, and uh, I think everyone will be happy. I'm just nervous about him going to a state where that's legal. <laughs> it makes me nervous. And then, but also, like, yes, he's a clutch client, but like one of the first moves when LeBron got to Cleveland was shipping his ass out of there, and that was quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that kind of stuck out to me in terms of his relationship with Clutch and with LeBron, though you know. LeBron, it's not like Clutch dropped him altogether. So he's still a Clutch client. He's part of the family, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so so yeah, that's something to keep in mind. I just, like, we've heard so much about chemistry and we've heard so much about the intangible reasons why this team ticks. And I think if you add somebody like, like, Markeith Morris, I'm fine with. I think he's going to fit in perfect. He's going to, like, that's, that's an, he also fills a need that you're going to need throughout the playoffs, too. I don't know if Waiters necessarily does, and I think there's more downside to upside to signing him. And I think Polinka would see that. Hmm. Let's talk about that in a future podcast. We should. All right. That'll do it for this episode, though, of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. Again, the Lakers beat the New Orleans Pelicans 109 to 118. Uh, they got the, the, the fans tacos uh, despite 
when I say so, they beat them one eighteen to one hundred nine, and got fans tacos despite Alvin Gentry and the Pelicans doing their damnedest to to make sure that didn't happen. That's always funny to me when that happens. Uh, but yes. getting that win was fun. Watching Zion was fun. We have uh, another. I think they play the Warriors on Thursday, um, and Steph is ducking them for that game. So that should be another win. They they. I think they should get to 60 wins fairly comfortable, comfortably yeah. at this point, which is just it, insane. It's, I think 16 and 10 is what they'd have to go. Yeah. To, like they've lost 12 games all year. I think they can go 16 and 10. And you know, and maybe maybe they don't because the last week and a half close. of the season, last 10 days, everybody's in suits. Yeah. You know, we're getting PT for Taylor Horton Tucker and just <laughs> all these guys and getting everybody ready for the playoffs. But yeah, man, what a season. What a season this is. Yeah. I'm not laughing at Taylor Horton Tucker getting minutes. I'm laughing at the getup that the that like JaVale might have Caruso in. If he oh, ever wears great. a suit to a game. It'd be great. <laughs> I'm here for that. One zillion percent here for that. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you tomorrow.